looking there at Luke chapter 15, and uh, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Most of us are familiar with it. Um, although I do believe we could make some wonderful application, I do want to be clear about something about the, the parable of the prodigal son. Um, understand, I believe that it is a, uh, a teaching about lost. In other words, uh, how one can be saved. But with that said, I, I do believe that we can learn a lot about how we can deal with those that do stray away from the Lord uh, concerning our children. And as I said a while ago, uh, most are probably familiar with this parable uh, from Christ, and, and I'm sure that we have parents in here today. Maybe they haven't uh, gone the way of, you know, like gross immorality or, or evilness, but they're just, they have an indifference, they have a, an an, an interest in the things of God. They're not faithful in areas uh, that you would like them to be. Uh, so there's different levels of, of prodigal, you know, children. Uh, and, and so certainly we probably uh, all can, you know, in some way or another, we've probably felt that at times. Uh, and certainly it can bring a lot of heartache uh, into our life. And, and uh, you know, you, you, you raise your child for the Lord the best that you know how, yet they turn away. Uh, they leave your home, they leave your uh, biblical-based convictions, and, and in many ways they leave your love. You know, And certainly that's, that's heartbreaking uh, uh, to, to go through something like that. And, and often uh, times there are things that, that are said on both sides that we can regret later and that can hurt deeply. Uh, but at the end of all that, and as we focus on the parents of prodigals today, it can leave parents really confused and wondering about all kinds of things. You know, you feel like you do things right, but things don't turn out right. And then we can kind of look back and go, well, am I doing it right? And, and a lot of doubts and things can creep in. And so what do we do when a child rebels against those types of things? And I think probably the first thing that we do or say is, what did I do wrong? That's probably the first thing that pops into our head. You know, I didn't do something right. Um, and, and that may or may not be correct, but, but perhaps you've, you've uh, uh, you know, let's say you have more than one child, one child and, and most, if not all, are faithful to the Lord, yet that one rebels. And, you know, you know we need to be careful about things like this because no one can say for sure uh, all the reasons a son or a daughter turns away from God. You know, so first of all, we've got to be careful with that. Uh, only God knows hearts, right? Uh, and I also don't believe that that any parent, even if they don't have a prodigal, in other words, maybe you've been blessed and your children have stayed true to the Lord so far, but I don't think any parent could say they've done everything perfectly. Amen. And so we need to be careful about that. I, I've had some well-meaning people get up and say, you know, well, my children have done this and this, and it's because I've done this and this. And, and I get it. I appreciate their zeal for the things of God. But we do need to be careful because at the end of the day, it's only by the grace of God that they haven't strayed. Amen. And it's certainly not because of your perfect parenting skills because I don't believe anybody has those except for our Heavenly Father. And so, but with that said, the devil certainly wants to, when these things happen, wants to whisper in our ear all about the what-ifs and the maybes and what if I'd only did this or maybe I shouldn't have done this and, you know, all these types of things that we can go through. Uh, but I just want you to understand something. Here's something to think about if you have a prodigal son or daughter. Realize today that the most perfect father ever has millions of prodigals. I'm speaking of the heavenly father. You know, so always keep that in mind. And we don't want to soft-shoe things, but, but at the same time we need to be 
uh, open-minded about some things and really understand some things. And and uh, if not, we can really get too hard-hearted about things. And so in our study, our focus is going to be on the father of the prodigal, not the prodigal son, but the father of the prodigal. And uh, we're going to see uh, the father of the prodigal really is a picture of our heavenly father. And and as a parent, that's what we need to look at when dealing with uh, children that rebel or, or uh, get away from what we brought them up to be. And so, again, we're going to notice some things the father did after uh, his son uh, rebelled. And so we're going to go ahead and read uh, the uh, scripture uh, all the way through. It's several verses, but but uh, we'll get through it pretty quick. It just wants to kind of re-familiarize ourselves with uh, the uh, parable, uh, really, of, of, of a lost son. And uh, uh, one of these days I may go back and talk about the other son too, but, but to, for time's sake we won't have time to do that today. But look at verse 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And uh, so we see here that this was a huge financial burden as well on this father. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And uh, that riotous living just means immorality, gross immorality even. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into, the, into his fields to feed swine. Now keep in mind, this is told from a Jewish perspective. So feeding hogs was like one of the worst things that, that a Jew could, could think of. Uh, verse 16, he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will rise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Now we really begin to see the heart of the father here. And he rose and came to his father, but when he was a yet great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto the father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. And so we see a lot of things here uh, as we focus on the father. We're not preaching through this, this parable. But again, some things that we can glean from uh, from how the father reacted. And uh, you can just follow along there on your notes. Now, uh, I did make a mistake. I got all confused this morning. I had it right the first time and not the second time. But uh, you'll see underneath number one, he stayed on the porch, letter A, then letter B. I actually repeated letter B again. So <coughs> just uh, uh, cross that out or what have you. All right. So... Uh, number one, he stayed on the porch, amen? And uh, what we mean by that is the porch of faithfulness. Now, despite the heartache and grief uh, that this father experienced, and I realize that it is a parable, uh, but uh, parables are told to, you know, things that we can relate with, so we can we can be sure that any time this would happen to somebody that it would certainly bring a lot of heartache and grief into their life. Uh, and so despite the heartache and grief, he still stayed faithful to God. And we need to be careful here because a lot of times this can destroy families and, and a lot of times what is left over is some unfaithfulness towards the things of God. 
as I mentioned, he not only lost, and you kind of follow along there with his, with your notes, but he not only lost his son, but he lost some of his fortune as well. And if you understand Jewish culture and those types of things, this was really a big deal. Um, but the father didn't, you know, run for the hills, you know, you know, today, you know, a lot of times these things happen. We start, you know, we'll go find another church or, or sometimes, uh, uh, husbands and wives will divorce. And, but what we notice here simply saying that he stayed on the porch. He kept doing what he was doing. Amen. And I think that's so important uh, to understand. And because he stayed on the porch, look what happened. And I think this is key. Let me just say it, and then we'll read the verse. Listen, uh, our prayer is, and we'll stand on the promise, that one day the prodigal will return. Amen? That they'll come to themselves. Listen, when they come back, they need to find mom and dad still being faithful. So important. And that's what the the uh, uh, prodigal found. He found uh, his father uh, still being faithful, verse 20, and he arose and came to his father, but he was yet a great way off. His father saw him, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. His father stayed on the porch. So the point here is, number two, just because you're, ch- you're uh, underneath letter A, just because your child failed God doesn't mean you have to fail God. Amen? Doesn't mean you have to throw in the towel and begin doubting everything that you believe, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. But the Bible makes it clear, folks, that walking with the Lord is no guarantee that things always turn out right, is it? And we know that in every aspect of life, and certainly it can come down to our children. Uh, As a matter of fact, oftentimes making a stand for God brings trouble into your life. You know, I've seen it. Uh, I've even experienced a little bit in my own life. You know, I got saved later in life, and, and there were things that I thought were okay to do. But as God would speak to my heart, you know, the family wasn't always on board with Dad. They just didn't understand. And so sometimes when we go through these things, <coughs> because we're wanting to follow God, it can bring some uh, uh, some trouble our way. And, I, you know, my kid, uh, my son was still pretty young when, when I got saved. Uh, but I do know that parents, sometimes they get saved and their, their children are already teenagers, and oftentimes they will rebel uh, against that. But it's still God's right, amen? We always need to remember that. So stay on the porch. Uh, stay in God's Word. Don't abandon God when things get difficult. Uh, and, and, and the thing this is, you see there number three under letter A, if, you're, if your convictions are Bible-based, let me say that again, if your convictions are Bible-based, and that's key, uh, don't give up on them because your child has. Amen. Hey, listen, the Bible's right no matter how someone reacts to it. Okay, And we have to stick with that. And I suppose it's natural and probably even wise to a certain degree to re-examine some things. Uh, it's natural to question our standards and our convictions during a time like this. But remember, uh, the, the, the convictions and, and the standards isn't the problem. It's, it's those that are wanting to yield to those or not wanting to yield those. And besides that, uh, parents that have little or no convictions, they certainly lose their children to the Lord. Amen. You know, so the, the convictions and the standards have no, that's, that's not the reason, okay? Uh, it's because their hearts aren't right, for whatever reason that may be. So stay on the porch. Rather than questioning your convictions, again, stay on the porch. Because when they return, as we mentioned there, it'll be vitally important uh, that you stuck to them, okay? Uh, so very, very important. And so, as I've said often throughout these series of, of messages, we're not making it a mommy and daddy thing, we're making it a God thing. And that's important, okay? And so, 
uh, we think about all that Job went through. Uh, his wife basically said, you know, give up. Basically said, give up on God and die, right? Uh, and his friends uh, certainly thought that he was a hypocrite. But notice what he said in Job 27, verse 6, there on your notes. Uh, my righteousness I hold fast. Amen. My righteousness I hold fast. And that was his faith and walk with the Lord. And will not let it go. Amen. My heart shall not reproach me so long as I live. Now again, if these things are biblically based things, uh, that's something we need to hold on to. Uh, because you see, we, you know, here's the thing. We, we have to be convinced from God's word why we do what we do. Amen. I'm going to say it again. We have to be convinced why we do what we do because of what God's word says. Okay. And that's period. Okay. And there's going to be things that come into our life that challenge that or, or maybe even cause us to wonder about that. But we have to be firm uh, in those types of things. Now, if it's based, if we have some reaction or we have some conditions and standards that are based on the reactions of others, if we're trying to fold them into the culture, um, maybe a lot of times I see convictions and standards just kind of pushed off to the side because it's not expedient. It's not convenient anymore. And I'll just say, you didn't have a biblical conviction. It, it was just something, a, a stage maybe that we were going through. Uh, uh, those were not biblical convictions. But if you're convinced from God's Word, and hopefully you are, uh, you know, uh, different things that the Bible teaches about church attendance. We've talked a lot about that. Your pastor preaches from the Bible about how we ought to, not only ourselves, but teach our children, protect their eye and ear gate. In other words, there's certain uh, standards you have in your home that that are put in place, boundaries to to help them uh, to protect what they see and hear. Uh, uh, those are biblically based. Uh, you are trying to teach them to live a holy and separated life, not to blend in to the culture. That is paramount. You you believe that purity, amen, is a must, and it's not because you feel that way, but because God's word emphasizes it. Hey, listen, if your child rebels against that, don't start reevaluating all of that. It was true then, and it's still true, and it'll always be true. Amen. But so many parents are more worried about what their child thinks than what God thinks. And that's a recipe for disaster. It will make the situation even worse. Uh, and so we need to be careful. Hey, listen, don't start evaluating all those things because a child rebels against it. How often is God right? He's always right, amen? Uh, and we need to always understand that. It's not your child or anyone else as far as that goes. So again, stay on the porch. Remain faithful uh, in your biblical conviction. 2 Timothy 1.3, then we'll get on to letter B. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me. Paul is just simply talking about the doctrine from the word of God that he's taught. In faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. We've got to hold fast. We gotta hold fast. Don't start reevaluating biblical convictions because uh, a child rebels. Stay on the porch. Letter B. Staying on the porch will bless and strengthen you. Um, now, now, this is a statement here. I know I messed this. Up. Yeah, look at number one under letter B. Not even a child's love will bless you like God's love. And I know that's hard. I know that is so hard to get a hold of and to understand. Uh, but but it's true. Um, listen, God's love for you will do more for you than any other love you'll receive. Always remember that. Always remember that. Jude chapter 21. 
or, I'm sorry, Jude 21. There's only one chapter, but but keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So again, keep yourselves in the love of God. It's very very important. First Peter 5 7. Um, just before he talks about how our adversary, the devil, uh, roameth about, seeking whom he may devour, he says, first, casting all your care upon him, that is Christ, for he careth for you. So no matter what we're going through, we always have to put God first, amen? And so at a very low point in David's life, when, when many were doubting his leadership, um, he would encourage himself. You say, well, how do we encourage ourselves? Look at First Samuel 30. Uh, verse 6 there on your notes, and David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters, they had all been taken away. But notice what David did. David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. And that's what we have to do. We have to encourage ourselves in the Lord, not not doubting those things. And when you do that, it will bless and strengthen you. Uh, staying in God's will and service, uh, that will bless you, even in a difficult time. And I understand sometimes a tragic thing happens. We, we need to kind of gather ourselves. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, we don't want to just start pulling away from God all of a sudden because we've got a, a prodigal son that we quit going to church, we stop serving, you know, those types of things. We, we need to be careful about that. Um, because uh, when you get off the porch, you not only still have that issue, but, but you can lose the blessings of God and what time do you need them most is when you're going through these types of things. So we need to stay on the porch. It'll bless you. It'll also strengthen you, as uh, letter B says. Now, here's another thing to, to keep in mind, uh, especially, you know, we all have an area of rule. And typically that area of rule, first thing we think of is family. Uh, what I'm saying is, is you might have a, a daughter or a son that has gone off and, and you're hurt very deeply, but if you've got other children, they still need you. Amen. Your wife, your husband still needs you. Amen. And how many times do we see that? You know, a child doesn't do right. It destroys, it It pulls the attention away from, from the other parts of the family. And it just makes the situation. Listen, stay on the porch. <laughs> Amen. you got to stay on the porch. It's so, so very uh, important to, to get a hold of that and understand. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 there uh, under letter B. Who comforted us in all our tribulations. How many tribulations? All of them. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You see, this, this strengthening from the Lord is something that we can use to, to, to strengthen others as well. So that other people need us. Uh, uh, we could even mention the church family as well. And so remember, as we made mention a while ago, when when that prodigal returns, and that's what our prayer is, amen, is that he'll return, uh, they need to find you on the porch. Amen. See the blessings of staying on the porch. And what I mean by that is the blessings uh, of faithfulness. Amen. Amen. I think that's probably one of the best points in the whole series that we've seen so far. Number two, still talking about the Father. And again, you'll just kind of have to skip through there. I lost my mind temporarily this morning. I don't know what I was doing. But anyway, number two, he stayed uh, uh, the same person. And still along the same lines that we're talking, but now we're just talking about him personally. He stayed the same person. First of all, he was a person of faith. Uh, A family trial can change a person for the worse. You know, we've been learning that, doing our study on adversity on, on Sunday nights. That it's not just 
making it through the adversity, but how the adversity leaves you. You know, some people make it through something, but they end up bitter, they end up fearful. Uh, that's not, you know, uh, succeeding in adversity. And so a family trial can change a person for the worse. We can become, and these are just some examples, we can become reclusive. That's probably a big one. Bitter, uh, full of self-pity, not trying to be ugly, but that's what we do sometimes. Uh, meaning we think we're the only one that's suffering the way we're suffering. Nobody else has suffered like me. That's, you know, and that's certainly not true. Uh, continual sadness. Continual sadness. Um, those are things that, that ought not be a permanent fixture in a Christian's life. Uh, probably this one, and I would think this would probably be a big one for me, um, and probably dads probably struggle with this more than anything, and this can actually become a sin in itself, but being embarrassed and paranoid of the judgment of others, worrying about what others are going to think about you. you know, and, and, and that will often lead to, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to, boy, I'm not going to go back to church. You know, I'm, you know, how can I serve God? No, you know, all these types of things begin to creep in. And, and really, sometimes it sounds somewhat noble, but really it's, it's really a fleshly thing because you're embarrassed. You're ashamed. Okay. Uh, so I just want to encourage you. Hey, look, we got to look at these things through the scripture of, of, of the, the lens of scripture, but also how our heavenly father deals uh, with these things as well as we're going to see. Uh, but we see there again, won't read it again, but verse 20, uh, the father remained the same. He, he was actually looking for his son's return, which tells a lot about, uh, his, uh, uh, his heart there. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 there on your notes, under number 2, letter A, uh, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything. How many things? Everything. Give thanks. For this is the will of of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So it's so important that we still have to apply the biblical teachings of the Word of God concerning our personal life. Just because we're going through something, we don't take those scriptures and set them off to the side. And that's what a lot of us do. We still need to maintain our our faithfulness to the Lord. So my point is, if you have a prodigal, uh, continue in rejoicing, praying and giving thanks and, and serving and those types of things. So very important to understand. So he stayed the same person, a person of faith. Letter B, uh, he stayed a, a person of compassion. Um, you know, don't lose your compassion for your prodigal. Um, sometimes that can happen. And I know sometimes, you know, depending on the severity, there's times when parents do have to cut the cord, so to speak, and and let Satan sift them. That's a very difficult decision to make. I can't even imagine making that decision. But I do know that uh, the Bible teaches us that, that those things, it can develop into that. But think about this. What if the son had returned to a grumpy and bitter father? In other words, what if he decided, okay, I'm going back home, but he finds his dad sitting up on the porch. What do you want? What are you doing here? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I need you to be back. I need you to be back, uh-huh. That probably wouldn't have been too good, would it? And I know sometimes, especially us dads, you know, you know, we, we kind of have that attitude sometimes, don't we? We've got to be careful about that. Uh, and so, again, uh, the father, no doubt, was a father of compassion before. He remained a father of compassion. And so don't let your compassion... Uh, you know, lose you there. But as the, as the note says there, I believe I put it on there. I do think it's important, though. Don't let compassion look there under letter B. 
Don't lose your compassion for your prodigal. But look at letter A. Don't let compassion turn into enabling your prodigal uh, to remain unfaithful. So there is a balance to those types of things. In other words, maybe your child has got addicted to drugs. Um, you wouldn't want to give them money, right? I mean, you know, uh, but you can give them a hot meal and a warm bed. And you can put your arms around them and tell them that you love them. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, we, we need to balance these things out. So it's very important. So don't lose your compassion uh, for uh, your uh, prodigal. Ephesians 4.32 would apply to every aspect of life, dealing with other people. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So very important uh, to understand. So very important to understand. All right, we're doing pretty good here. We'll have some time for some comments and stuff afterwards. Number three, he stayed after the same pursuits. In other words, he 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 kept he just kept living his life. You know, he didn't crawl into a shell. And so again, parents can't allow the grief of a prodigal for you to give up on life. And certainly, depression uh, uh, can have a numbing effect. Sometimes, you know, you know, we lose our our compassion, as we talked about a while ago. We get a little hard-hearted about things. Um, you know that you know could cause a lot of other issues in life. One of them is just, you know, we lose our desire to just keep on keeping on. We lose our desire to work, not maybe just our secular job, but doing the things that we need to do as men and women of God. Um, uh, being there for others in our family, as we talked about. Or, uh, you know, we, we begin to lose our faithfulness. Maybe we were faithful in serving in the church in some way, and, and we begin to kind of fall off those things. Listen, the father stayed in his same pursuits, and we'll see why we believe that. Uh, in other words, the, the father of the prodigal, although just like any of us would be hurting, he still went on with his life. And that's so important to understand. And so letter A, he had lost uh, a lot of money, but was still able to carry on. And we know that because the, when, the, when the son returned to the father, he had quite a bit to give him there. Uh, we see that list of things, verse 22, but the father said to his servant, bring forth the best robe. Put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, bring hither the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat, uh, and be merry. So he certainly was a man of sustenance at that time uh, and uh, uh, had a, uh, a, uh, a welcoming home party, if you will. And so what we draw from that is when the son returned, the father had some things to give him. In other words, had he just kind of folded up and quit living, he wouldn't have been able to do these things that he was doing. So it's just kind of a practical uh, uh, viewpoint there. Um, so he had to have kept on working, doing as he always had. He didn't give up on life. He didn't sit around while life passed him by. Uh, he stayed busy. He stayed a good steward over that which God had given him. And I think that's important to understand. Uh, because, listen, you know, God God made us to work. Amen. He made us to carry on. And we have to keep on even uh, when our children uh, get away from us. Letter B, his labor had not ceased. Uh, you know, his son left, but what did he do? Obviously, he was a, you know, an agriculture. Well, he did what he always did in the spring. He planted another crop. Amen? He just kept doing what he's supposed to do. That's all he could do. Uh, he uh, had cattle. He raised and sold more cattle. He just always did what he always did. He didn't fold up. He stayed with it. When the harvest time came, he harvested his crop. He continued to take care of his family that was there. 
and he was ready to receive the prodigal when he came home. You know, so many times, parents lose someone to the world, a child to the world, and that child will actually go through some things, get his heart back right with God, and he'll return back to a home that was in work, that is in worse shape than he was when he left. You know, that makes sense? I hope I said that right. You see what I'm saying? Now, all of a sudden, okay, now I've got my life back together. Now I come home and mom and dad, they give up on church. They give up on the Bible. They're back in the world. They're not even married anymore. You know, the, hey, listen, you got to stay on the porch. <laughs> you got to remain faithful. You got to keep doing Because that's what you, you, listen, what they left is what you want them to come back home to. Amen. Don't doubt God. Don't doubt what the Bible says. Stick with it because they need to come home uh, to the very same thing that they left. I think that's important. And uh, this man did that. No doubt he was sad and uh, had a lot of grief and disappointment. But that cannot be an excuse for us to give up on life. God, Listen, as I said a while ago, not only does God expect things out of us, but our other loved ones expect things out of us as well. So very, very important. And uh, so God gives us all... Uh, an area of rule, and no matter what we're going through, he expects us to remain faithful. Can't can't stress that enough. Proverbs 27, 23, read these last two verses, and we'll take time for a comment or two. Uh, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks, and look well to thy herds. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes 11, 4, He that observeth the wind uh, shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Somebody that's always worried about the woulda, coulda, shouldas in life will never do anything for God. <laughs> hey, listen. You know, again, I, I haven't experienced this, and I hope that I never do, but I know some of you have. And if your child has gotten away from God in any degree whatsoever, I can't imagine the pain of that. Uh, but but listen, if if we begin to back up and, and say, well, if I, if I put this standard or if I want to, Apply this to my life. You know, this could happen. This could happen. Hey, that's that's looking at the wind and not sowing. That's worried about what might happen. Hey, listen, you just have to get your biblically-based convictions in order, serve the Lord, trust God. Amen? Stay. I can't stay on the porch. Stay on the porch. I, I can't express that enough. All right, all right. Any questions or comments? Yes, Brother Bob. Yes, Amen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. 